Thank you, ladies. I don't think I have any volume. There we go. Uh, good to see uh, you tonight, or good for you to see me, and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing the Bible study tonight. Thank you, ladies, for uh, singing, and I trust that you've had a good couple of days since Sunday, and uh, I, uh, I am anxious to get all this behind us so we can get together again, and uh, I can see you. Um, you get to see me through the live stream, but I don't get to see... Uh, you and I look forward to seeing you soon and uh, looking forward to uh, Sunday, the Lord's Day. Of course, it's Easter Sunday and it will be a little bit differently uh, because of the things that are in place, uh, but we'll, I'll give the announcements at the end of the Bible study uh, so that we're prepared for the schedule on Sunday. But I'm going to uh, read in Numbers chapter number 13. Uh, so if you have your Bible, uh, Numbers chapter number 13. And if you don't have your Bible, go get it, <coughs> and uh, we'll look at Numbers chapter number 13, and I want to bring a, uh, another uh, reminder on faith this evening, and I want to uh, share with you what the Bible, uh, some principles that the Bible has, and I trust that you'll follow along uh, this evening, and uh, let's see what the Lord has for us. I'll read uh, at the end, towards the end of the chapter of Numbers 13, and into uh, numbers chapter number 14, and I'm going to pray in just a moment, uh, but I'm going to speak tonight on faith in the midst of faithlessness, <laughs> faith in the midst of faithlessness. Uh, not everyone has faith. Uh, not everyone has the kind of faith that they should have, and if you're going to be a Christian that lives by faith, uh, that makes their decisions not based on uh, how they think things are going to work out, but they make their decisions based on uh, faith in what God has said. Uh, you are going to be in the minority. Uh, Christians are in the minority anyway in so many different things, but certainly uh, having faith in God and a faith in His endless power, uh, we need to be prepared uh, to have faith in the midst of faithlessness. You may find yourself <coughs> the only one in your home uh, that has faith. You may find yourself uh, the only one uh, in your, where, where you work, if you're still working, uh, going to work, uh, who has faith. You'll interact with people who uh, are faithless. And oftentimes, many Christians don't have, many times Christians don't have the faith that they should have. Uh, so we're going to talk about that this evening, faith in the midst of faithlessness. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. I want you to continue praying, uh, of course, for one another, that God would uh, continue to watch over our church and keep uh, us in good health. Pray for our leaders. Uh, that God would give them wisdom, that they would seek the wisdom of God during this time, and then pray for, uh, of course, for God to use this situation uh, for the hearts of men to look to Him. I keep praying for our good friend, Brother Terrell Hopkins. Uh, he is still in the hospital. Um, he is uh, stable, but he's uh, on oxygen, and uh, he's still having some difficulty. And so I want you to pray for him, uh, that God would just touch his body and give him the strength that he needs so he can at least uh, be discharged. But certainly, I want you to remember him uh, in prayer tonight, and let's remember uh, one another. And uh, let's ask the Lord to bless our time this evening. Father, we uh, <coughs> thank you for the opportunity to stop in the middle of our week. And it's a little different. Uh, it's, it's not what we would prefer, uh, but we can stop in the middle of the week and open the Word of God and uh, see what you have for us out of the Scripture. Uh, Father, I pray that you would keep my attention tonight. I pray that my focus would be uh, on what you'd have me to give. I pray that 
that your people would uh, give, your atten- give their attention to you tonight. Uh, may we set aside every distraction. Uh, may we put our focus on the Word of God. And may just for the next <coughs> few minutes, may we uh, forget everything else that we're dealing with. Uh, may we uh, put our focus on the Scripture. And may the Spirit of God speak to us. Pray be with our church. Continue to watch over them. Protect them. Uh, be with Brother Hopkins tonight. Touch his body. Give him strength. Uh, this evening, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Numbers chapter number 13. and <coughs> We're going to begin reading verse number 26. Uh, I'll read and you uh, follow along in your Bible. Numbers 13, 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. I'll pick up in verse number 27 in just a moment, uh, but I want to remind you uh, where we are in Scripture. i give you the backdrop, the context. Uh, Moses has sent out the 12 spies uh, into the promised land, that land that God had promised his people. And as we have been discussing for some time uh, in our Sunday school lessons uh, through the book of Deuteronomy, when God makes a promise, uh, he's going to keep that promise. And the promise was on the people that they could have a land, but they just had to go possess it. So now (laughs) in the book of Numbers, we are leading right up to the promised land is there uh, for them to possess. And so Moses sends out the 12 spies uh, to look uh, and scout out the land. And uh, this is where it brings us at the end of Numbers 13, verse 27. And they told him and said, We came unto the land where thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. <laughs> and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land uh, through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so so we were in their sight. Chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation, of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, 
For they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. But all the congregation bade, stones, bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. I read a lot of scripture tonight, and I think most of us would be somewhat familiar with this story of Moses sending those 12 spies into the promised land. And they come back with their report, and they say, wow, this is, this is quite a report that this is quite a land. Uh, everything that we've heard about is true. They brought back fruits to show. But then they come with the excuses at the end of verse number 13 of why they cannot take it. They uh, talked about the enemies that were there and uh, how they were greater than them. And, of course, Caleb said, well, let's go possess it. It's there for us to take. And I said, no, they're stronger than we are. And the Bible says in verse 32 that they brought an evil report. That evil report was uh, a, a report uh, with a lack of faith. They, when a, their faith was not what it should have been, their faith was not in God. As we've seen in our, in our Sunday school lessons through Deuteronomy and through the book of Deuteronomy, uh, <coughs> with possessing the land, God makes a promise, we just have to go take it. Uh, the promise is going to be true. Uh, but here the people didn't have the faith that they should have had in God. Uh, they were faithless people, but there were two uh, that had the faith. There were two that said, let's go and take the land, uh, Joshua and Caleb. They said, let's go take the land. It is good for us to take the land. Uh, Caleb, in, in verse uh, chapter 14, uh, speaks to them about, this is a good land. If God is going to give us this land, we have nothing to be concerned about. Let's go take the land. And, but they, you see the response of the people. They weren't as excited and convinced as Caleb was. They were faithless when it came to this promise of God. They were faithless when they, they looked and saw circumstances that seemed greater than they were. They were faithless when they saw the enemy. They were faithless when they saw the obstacles. And uh, friend, you and I are going to live our life and we're going to face obstacles. You and I are going to live our life and there's going to be enemies. You and I are going to live our life and there's going to be things that we cannot overcome in our own strength. And that is where we must have faith to just believe God, faith to just follow God, and not be counted in this category of the faithless. Now, there's a lot of things that could be said about me. There's a lot of things that are said about me, but I hope what is never said about me is the fact that I did not have faith in my God, that I have faith in my God. I have faith in what God has said. I have faith in the Word of God. I believe God. That is faith. But when circumstances come that we don't see how we're going to have a victory, uh, it's a natural thing for that faith to wane. Uh, but I think in this story, I know, I know in this story, uh, we can look at Joshua and Caleb, and we can look at an example of how to have faith in the midst of the, the faithless. You and I, as children of God, uh, we, we're going to find that not everybody believes in God like we believe in Him. Maybe you find yourself sometimes not believing as you should be. But tonight I want to speak specifically to that thought of how to keep your faith in the midst of the faithfulness. Or I'll point out some things, uh, some, some traits of the faithlessness. And so we want to avoid those things. But let me jump right into the outline tonight, and I believe this will be a help with us. Let me make an observation. First of all, number one, uh, the faithless are willing to stop before finishing. The faithless are willing to stop before finishing. I want you to think about this. 
they were so close to the blessings of God. They were so close to possessing the land, they could see it. They were at the doorstep of it. They sent representatives into the land to spy out the land. They were that close to the fulfilled promises of God, but yet because they were faithless, they stopped before they went all the way. Think about how long this journey had been for them. They had left Egypt. They had faced more difficult things than leaving Egypt. They had crossed the Red Sea. Uh, now they're at the doorstep of what God has for them, and they were faithless to finish. I think of the Apostle Paul, and he said, I have fought a good fight. He said he had finished his course. We know in the life of the Apostle Paul, there are many obstacles he found. There were some who fell by the wayside, but yet Paul was determined to finish the task that God had for him. Friend, I hope we all, we all set as a goal to finish in this life that God has given us. Uh, if we stumble, get up and keep going. If we falter, we've got to collect ourselves and keep going. Uh, too many Christians fall by the wayside just because they quit. They don't have the faith to continue. I want us to see, and this I serve as a great warning to us, that they were so close to being so blessed of God. Now, before we're too critical uh, of this group of people, uh, it sounds a lot like a lot of Christians. We get so close to what God has for us, and we don't have that faith to go through to the end. We don't have the faith to finish the task. Sometimes as a church, the church endeavors to do something for God, and they step out by faith. And in our mind, we think just because God's promised it, it's going to be done uh, with no obstacle, with no opposition, uh, with no hardship. But yet if God is leading us to do something along the way, we need to have the faith to finish. You and I as an individual Christian, God has a, he has a race for each one of us to run. He has, he has a life that he wants us to live, to please him and to, to be a help to people. And we need to finish all the way to the end. Be faithful to the end. Say, well, I, I'm just at a certain place in my life. No, be faithful to the end. These <coughs> who gave the evil report, they were so close to having the promises of God. And because they did not have the faith to finish, they never saw it. They went from the doorstep of God's promises to wandering in the wilderness for the remainder, the remainder of their days. Think about that. How tragic to be that close, seeing what God has promised, be close enough to put your eyes on it, to even, to, to even send representatives in. And because they did not have the faith, they were faithless. The majority was faithless. They, they did not experience the promises of God, but yet they wandered in the wilderness for the remainder of their days. I wonder, I asked myself this question this afternoon. I wonder how many Christians almost were blessed by God. Almost finished. Almost fulfilled their course in life. They got to a certain point, and just when they got to the edge, if you will, the doorstep of God's blessings as the children of Israel did, they didn't have the faith to go all the way through. Say, well, pastor, there's obstacles. There was obstacles here. But yet you had Joshua and Caleb that said, go on, it's ours for the taking. But yet there were many, the most, Almost all of them did not have the faith. They were faithless. I wonder how many Christians uh, were so close 
Uh, I wonder how many right now, in this time of uh, uncertainty, I wonder how many churches, how many Christians uh, are close to the promises of God, close to the blessings of God. And this is an obstacle uh, that they need to trust God in. But yet I wonder how many uh, who claim the name of Christ, how many churches uh, will, uh, as, as a collective group, how many inside the church uh, will uh, falter in difficulty and not finish their task. And when we all are assembled back together, I wonder how many will fall by the wayside because their faith is not what it should be. Friend, I don't want to be counted in the, in the, in the group of the faithless. I want to be the faithful. But the faithless are willing to stop before finishing. Let me challenge all of us tonight. Let me challenge us to finish. To finish. A just man falleth seven times, yet riseth up again. He falls and he gets up. He falls and he gets up. What is it? He's going to finish. You and I need to determine that in our Christian life, we are going to finish. Uh, uncertainty in the changes that we have to make and the things we deal with. Uh, I'm not discouraged tonight. You shouldn't be discouraged tonight because we have a God who is with us. We have a God who will sustain us. We have a God who's going to make the way. We have a God who, is, who has given us his promises. And we should hold to that, hold to that and not look at what we face in the day-to-day. They were so close, but yet they ended up being so far away and that they never set foot, the faithless never experienced the blessing. Sometimes we see as Christians, uh, other Christians being blessed, and we say, I want to be blessed by that. We know there's a reason why God blesses. Uh, He blesses all of us beyond what we deserve. Uh, Don't be afraid to finish in spite of the obstacle. Uh, We almost make it. We get on the threshold of victory. Uh, we lose faith in God because we see the obstacles. Let me make this one point, and I'll move to number, number two. Um, I wonder how many of those who gave the evil report had a different story until they saw the obstacles. What I mean by that is how many of them had faith? How many of them were saying amongst themselves, Oh, yeah, God, this is the land. God's promised it. God's going to give it. We have the victory. I can't wait to get in there. I can't wait for us to get established. I can't wait uh, for us to set up our, our homes. I can't wait to, to, to build the, that, that place of worship for our God. And then they saw the obstacles, and then what was re- revealed is they did not have the faith that they should have had because they put their eyes on something else. Let me say now number two. The faithless fear man rather than God. The faithless fear man rather than God. The longer I live, the more I realize how much men fear men more than they fear God. How much men seek the approval of other men rather than the approval of God. This is what happens so many. We see our obstacles. We believe our obstacle more than we believe our God. Let me remind you tonight what God brought you from. Uh, he brought you from a, an eternity of hell. Uh, all of us deserve hell. All of us are sinners. 
just saved by the grace of God. And God saved even each and every one of us through His Son. And if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life, you have forgiveness of sins, you have a home in heaven. God did that for you uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet we don't have faith enough uh, to depend on Him day by day. Uh, the faithless believe men rather than God. Oftentimes do we let other people tell us what God cannot do in our life. Don't miss that. Oftentimes in conversation and sometimes we seek counsel in the right place. And because of the lack of faith of others, we get our focus off of God. We don't have our focus where it should be. Let me remind you, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to be in the word of God. Uh, get, get God's opinion before you get man's opinion. But they feared man rather than God. You recall when I read just a few moments ago at the end of uh, chapter 13 in the book of Numbers, how they kept mentioning all the enemies that were there. They mentioned the sons of the giants that were there. And those enemies that would seek to destroy them. Now, I remind you, God had promised them this land. If you're going to put, if they, well, who should they put their faith in? They should have put their faith in God who delivered them. God who took care of Pharaoh. God who parted the Red Sea. God who has, has cared for them. But yet, they feared men more than they feared God. Friend, you and I need to make up our mind. We just need to determine it. We just need to mark it down, no matter what our feelings are, what our opinions are, uh, that we're going we're gonna to focus on what God says more than we focus on what others say. This world will try and discourage you. This world will try and tell you that you can't serve God. This world will try and tell you that you still can't uh, serve the Lord uh, as the Bible instructs and commands. Uh, that is not true. I'm not interested in taking a survey. I don't understand men who pattern their churches off of surveys. Uh, God didn't give a survey. God gave uh, commands. God gave, he, he issued uh, his instructions that he expects us to do, not just as a church, uh, but as an individual Christian. Uh, we should not fear man more than God. They were afraid of the giants. They were afraid for their children. Uh, they, 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 were, they were more afraid of that than the judgment of God. We live in a day when nobody's scared of the judgment of God. Nobody's afraid of what God might do. And friend, this book is still true. And when God said there is a judgment that will fall, and there's judgments that falls on nation. And I've preached this for years, and I believe we would all agree with this, is God's going to judge our nation uh, because uh, we sanctioned the murder of unborn children. God's going to murder our nation because we have butchered what uh, God says the family is. Uh, what God says is, is a man and what God says is a woman. There's judgment for that. There's judgment for rebelling against your parents. There is judgment for that. But we, we today, Christians today, don't fear the judgment of God. Uh, we dismiss uh, the tithes and offerings because we say, well, that's an Old Testament teaching and that doesn't apply uh, while ignoring what the New Testament says about giving. And, and we just don't fear the judgment of God. But friend, I tell you, I don't, I don't care how big the enemy is. I don't care how great the obstacle is. You and I need to fear the judgment of God. We need to fear the wrath of, of a God whom we disobey. The consequences of not following God are greater than any men, man, obstacle, enemy you and I must face. 
takes faith. The faithless are more afraid of men than they are of God. Number three, the faithless decided to decide. I've taught this before. I'm going to teach you it again tonight, and I want you to listen very carefully to me. This is a, uh, <coughs> this is a, a, a great truth. The faithless decided to decide. Their downfall, the children of Israel, their downfall in this story is they stopped to decide. Christians are defeated. Lives are destroyed because they stop to decide what they're going to do. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to pray about giving. What are you praying about? God's given commands concerning that. Well, I'm going to pray about being faithful to the house of God. Why are you praying? God's already given commands about that. Well, I'm going to pray about surrendering my life to Him. Why are you praying? God has already commanded that we all give our life to Him. And Christians reveal their lack of faith because they decide to decide. There are things that God has decided. There's no sense in discussing them. There's no sense in taking a survey. There's no, no sense in getting a census. There's really not even a point of, of even talking about it because God has spoken. And when God speaks, there's nothing that you and I should stop to pause on. We should be obedient. That's why as parents, as Christian parents, those of you that are parents watching this, you need to rear your children according to the Word of God in spite of what anybody else may say. Don't decide to decide. Just do. A Christian, when it comes to being faithful to the house of God, the Word of God, the people of God, don't decide that you're going to decide. Just do what the Bible says to do. Well, I don't know how it's going to work out. That's where faith comes in. It is a faithless Christian that's always got to pause and decide what they're going to do. they got to decide how they're going to work this out. They have to decide uh, how it's going to turn out so they know uh, how to move forward. Uh, the, the, these people spent their lives and they died in the wilderness because they just stopped to decide. Christian, don't try and decide. Just do what God has told you to do. Uh, they were not there to decide they were going into that land. They were there to spy out the land so they knew what was coming. If they would have decided to obey rather than to decide, they would have entered the promised land. I wonder how many Christians, their lives would be a little bit different if they had not been part of the faithless. See, obedience and faith go together. I've taught you this. Obedience and faith go together. By faith, you obey. Because God does not lay out things that always appeal to our logic. God is God, and he says, if you obey, I'll bless. If you obey, it'll keep you from destruction. And sometimes it doesn't make sense how God is going to bless. But God expects us to obey, and that's where faith comes in. It doesn't make any logical sense when it comes to giving and tithing. If you don't have enough, if you put God first, if you can put it on paper, it doesn't make sense. But I could, I could call a host of people up here tonight to give testimony how they were in that situation, and God made it work. God worked it out. Why? Because we're just supposed to obey by faith, not decide. Christian, tonight you might be, de you might be deciding whether or not you're going to decide. 
uh, I would urge you tonight to just obey God. Just keep Him first in your life. Don't decide to decide. Ours is not to decide if God's plan will work. It's just to obey Him. Do you realize this book is full of plans, full of instructions? There's the plan on how the, a church is to be built. It's to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just to follow that plan. There's plans in this book on how to build a marriage, how to build a home. We're just to follow that plan, even we don't know how it's going to work out. There's plans in this book, in the Word of God, on how to build a life. We don't always understand how it's going to work out, but we're just to obey. I would urge you that there's some things, too many Christians, churches have been destroyed. Uh, churches have not fulfilled what God intended for them to fulfill. They haven't accomplished what they could have accomplished because they decided whether or not they were going to decide to move forward. Uh, churches didn't receive the blessings that God wanted to give them because they decided that they wanted to decide whether or not they were going to move forward. I believe Christians miss the blessings of God, and some have wandered in the wilderness of this world for, for, their, for their remaining days because they stopped one time and didn't have the faith to trust God, and they decided they were going to decide what they were going to do. God had instructed his people to go possess the land, and they decided uh, that the obstacles were too great. They decided that the enemy was too real. Uh, number four, and finally tonight, the faithful trust God in spite of the faithless. My first three statements, my first three points were based on the faithless. Now, for the last one, I want to talk about the faithful. The faithful trust God in spite of the faithless. It is a fact that we are influenced, we are affected by those around us. Uh, you can make any kind of analogy about this that you, that you want to make. Uh, you spend all your time around weaker Christians. You're, you're never, you're, you're, it's going to be hard for you to grow as a Christian. Uh, it's, it's just the reality of it. But the faithful trust God in spite of the faithless. And sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of faithlessness. Uh, we find ourselves, maybe you find yourself around other Christians and there just seems to be a faithlessness. Uh, this world certainly uh, seems to not have the faith that it should have in our God. But the faithful trust God. The faithful trust God in spite of the faithlessness. Look with me again in Numbers chapter number 14, if you still have your Bible open. And <coughs> verse number 6, I'll read down to verse number 10. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not he against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they, are bread, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, 
And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. In the midst of all the faithlessness, Caleb and Joshua were still faithful. Why is it? Because they were still focused on the Lord. They rent their clothes in verse number 6 because they were humble enough and aware enough to know that what was going on was not pleasing to God. In verse number 7, <coughs> verse number 8, uh, the Lord has mentioned if He delighted in us, He's going to give this to us. In verse number 9, they go on to say, don't rebel against God. They understood disobedience was rebellion against God. They understood deciding to decide was really rebellion against God. Now, a couple of quick observations that are kind of obvious to us tonight, and the fact that the faithful trust God in spite of the faithless. You have two. You have Joshua and Caleb and those other ten spies who gave the evil report. But you find the people as a whole uh, welling and and so dramatic in the first few verses of chapter 14 and Oh, we had it better in slavery and bondage. And oh, now we're just out here so that our children and our wives will become a prey to uh, these pagan uh, enemies. Uh, all the drama that, that, that unfolded uh, as the backdrop for Joshua and Caleb being faithful and having faith in God. The obvious thing that jumps out to me is they were definitely in the minority. They were greatly outnumbered. Two against pretty much everybody is is the minority. If you and I are going to really have faith in God, we need to understand that we are going to be in the minority. Christian, uh, don't, don't make the mistake of deciding what you're going to do based on what your friends, all you see this in the life of young people, young adults, but not just in those age groups. Seemingly, it happens in every age group. We let those around us decide what we're going to do for God. We let those around us decide how faithful we're going to be. I believe Joshua and Caleb were probably friends with those they stood against. They probably knew many of them very, very well. But yet when it came down to it, if they were going to be in the category of those with faith and those without faith, Uh, they were going to keep their faith in God. They were going to keep their focus on God. And they find themselves in a minority. Friend, if you're in the minority, when it comes to depending on God, just depend on God. And all this that we're dealing with in our our world today, if I'm in the minority by just depending on God, I'll just be in the minority. If we're in the minority just depending on Him to take care of us, then let's just be in the minority. We We should not pick our position based on what everybody else is doing, based on how everybody else is feeling, or by being afraid to stand alone. Joshua and Caleb, because of their faith, could stand alone. They were in the minority. Uh, It was also a very unpopular position. Being in the minority, sometimes you feel the pressure of that. Being in the minority and then for it to be such an unpopular position. And for them to take such a strong stand. Uh, Caleb had some things to say. He said, don't rebel. He said, you're rebelling against God by doing this. 
he wasn't telling them anything wrong. But notice in verse 10 their reaction. Everybody began talking to one another. Let's stone them. Let's just stone them. Let's just kill them. Now, before anybody else tells me that the brethren can't turn on the brethren, here are God's people because of the faith, the greater faith, the faithfulness, the, the willingness to obey God of two men. Everybody else is, let's stone them. Let's get rid of them. Uh, they were in the minority. But they were, they, they were a, had a very unpopular opinion. But ask yourself this question, and you know the answer. Who was right? Joshua and Caleb was right because their faith was in God. We have the privilege and the luxury of knowing how this story ends, knowing that God is angered, knowing that Moses has to go before God and, and to get, keep God, once again, from destroying his people. And they wander in that wilderness, and they all die off except for Joshua and Caleb. And God proves that faith in him is a benefit. So we focused on the faithless for a little bit. We mentioned that the faithful trust God in spite of the faithless. Now I want to conclude with a warning to all of us or a reminder to all of us of what faithlessness causes or how faithlessness affects other people. Because sometimes we as a Christian, we think our actions only affect us and that's, nothing could be further from the truth than that. Your lack of faith hurts you. Your lack of faith in God and just saying, I'm just going to believe God no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what I face, uh, your lack of faith in Him affects you, but it affects others too. It could keep your family your lack of faith, Dad, can keep your family from having the blessings of God that they could have. Your lack of faith, Mom, could keep the blessings of God off your family like they could have been blessed. That's true in a church as well. But it's great. I mean, I'll tell you, as a pastor, I have, I have great faith in God. And I'm thankful that I'm surrounded by people who have faith in God Oh, but if we're not careful, church, we can let the, your lack of faith, your unwillingness to just obey God when you don't know how it's going to turn out can affect an entire church from receiving all the blessings of God. Let me illustrate it to you to close. We know the punishment is for them to wander in the wilderness. Moses had faith. Aaron had faith. We find at the beginning of chapter 14, Moses and Aaron fall on their face because of what the people were doing. If we were to keep reading after verse 10, Moses stands before God, interceding for the people again. But when God banished them to the wilderness... Moses had to go to the wilderness too. Aaron had to go to the wilderness too. So did Joshua. So did Caleb. They did not stay and go into the promised land. Now, Joshua and Caleb 
eventually went into the promised land. And I believe that they knew it was worth standing for God, whether what, no matter what the consequences were. They, they knew they were right, but yet God blessed their faithfulness. But yet the others wondered as well. Kind of a, a reminder to us this evening to have faith in God. Let's not be part of the crowd that is faithless. And friend, I don't know any other way to put it. If, if you put your circumstances ahead of God and you put faith and circumstances above God, you're faithless. And child of God, don't let the crowd, don't let if others are faithless, the faithful, in spite of the faithless, depend, just to continue to depend on God. And let us not allow our lack of faith to affect other people. <laughs> I want the blessings of God. I want the blessings of God for my family, for my home. I want the blessings of God for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I want the blessings of God for you. Uh, how do we get that by faith? Because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And I want to please God. And I believe God has blessings for each and every one of us, uh, for us to attain. Uh, but we, no matter what the circumstances are, uh, we need to keep our faith in Him. Don't be part of the faithless. Let's be part of the faithful. But no matter the circumstances, no matter uh, the majority or the minority, no matter how difficult things seem to be, uh, that we keep our faith in God in a time of, of unfaithfulness when the world uh, turns away from God, looks away from God, even other Christians.